My Lupus Living Room is a place to listen to the stories of ordinary, everyday people who are not afraid to share the struggles and successes of living with a chronic illness called lupus. These brave Lupians put it all out there to bring us all in. We celebrate people living with lupus. My name is Suzanne. I am a mom, a wife, a business owner, and the CEO of the Lupus Foundation of America's Great Ohio Chapter, and a whole lot more. But most of all, I have lupus. My purpose and my passion are to help other people with lupus. For me, lupus was a lonely, miserable, misunderstood disease. And I'm here to tell you that today, it doesn't have to be. I want to talk more about the things we do not normally talk about. Since lupus impacts mostly women, my lupus living room will have a focus on what it's like to be a woman living with this mysterious, unpredictable disease that has no cause or cure. I know that many would love to connect with others that have lupus. These women are fearless and have extraordinary stories of survival. I'm excited to welcome my not-so-famous guests and with their inspiring stories that offer hope and inspiration to fellow lupians. I believe this project will not only create awareness about lupus, but offer encouragement to those listening. Remember, there is no I in the word lupus, but there is the word us. The Lupus Foundation of America, Great Ohio Chapter is here for you. For your chance to share your story and visit with me, you can reach out to me at Suzanne at Lupus Greater Ohio or call 1-888-NO-LUPUS. So for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi there, welcome to my Lupus Living Room. This is Suzanne Tierney here at the Lupus Foundation in Ohio. I'm always excited to come out and share things with people and just to sit and chat and have a normal conversation off the cuff with other lupus patients. And as always, everything we say is um, personal. And if you have a question or concern or treatment issue, your doctor is the best source for you to have that conversation with. So this evening, I'm going to have a wonderful guest. Um, she's been with the organization for a little while now, and she's been very active in it, and she has lupus. And um, I love to talk to lupus patients, especially since I'm one myself, and we have a lot in common. I'd like to get their views on things. So I want you to welcome Kelly Belchick. Hopefully, I didn't butcher that too much. Uh, she's from Perhaps, Shaler's but that's okay. Perhaps she's from Shalersville, Ohio, uh, not far from the office, but far enough. Um, so we're doing this uh, virtually with her. And Kelly, I'm just so excited that you took the time to have a chat with me tonight. Hi, thanks for having me. Wow. So you have a story. We all have lupus stories. I think it's incredible to hear other people's stories. And I know that we want to share them. And each one of us have something different to offer. And it's really about... The reason I like to share is because you get so many different point of views, but yet there's a great sense of empathy that comes with everyone's story. And especially if you're a lupus patient, I want you to know you're not alone. We get it. We've been down the road. We're on the journey. And little bits and pieces we take from each other so that we can have a better quality of life. So having said that, Kelly, give us your three-minute commercial on who you are, how you got here, and then we'll go into more detail onto your life with lupus. Okay, well, I was diagnosed in September of 2019. 
I'm guessing that was like three years ago, right? Four years ago. Um, I, I lost a lot of weight. I had bruises all over my body. I had no idea what was going on with me. So I went to the doctors and they wanted to run some blood work, you know, the, the usual. And here I came back with having lupus. Actually, I have SLE. Now, don't ask me to pronounce those words because I have no idea what that, yeah, it's no it's, idea. It's even worse and, uh, when you try to spell it. If you try to spell it, it's worse. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So after um, I was diagnosed, they put me on different medications. And of course, I was like allergic to everything. So we finally got that taken care of. Next thing I know, I started having these little bumps all over my body. I actually looked like I had octopus tentacles, the suction cups on my fingers. It was very painful. It was itchy. Went to many different dermatologists. Finally, they figured it out. I actually have bullous lupus as well, mm -hmm. um, which is a rare skin disease. Mm -hmm. That's calmed down. But the medication for that, I was allergic to that. So they had to find something else that would work for me. So, yeah, <laughs> that's my journey so far. A um, lot of pain, you know, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And plus, I have fibromyalgia on top of that. So, yeah. So, Kelly, do you have a family? Do you work? Tell me about your background. I actually, I've been home for a year now. Um, for work, it was just getting too much for me. I was actually a manager at Taco Bell. Um, I was there for almost 15 years. Wow. My husband was sick and tired of me coming home and crying because I was in so much pain. Um, I've been with my husband for almost 24 years. Oh, my goodness, you don't, look, you don't look old enough to be with him for 24 years. Yes, 24 years, and we are actually going on 18 years of marriage. And then I have a son who is 25, and I have a daughter who's 26, and I have a grandbaby that just turned two. Oh, you're blessed. You're very blessed to have. So oh, many absolutely. People. Um, that little guy keeps me going. He really and does. Are they supportive of your journey? Do they help? Do they understand? Do you need to educate them? How's that going? Absolutely. Um, it was rough at first. I looked at my husband and basically told him that if he couldn't handle it, leave, leave me now, not when I need him. Um, but he's been very supportive. He's helped me any way I can a little too much because I am stubborn. <laughs> I like to do things on my own and it, it's hard to ask for help, but I'm learning that it's okay. You know, my daughter helps out tremendously. I mean, I don't think she fully gets it. Like she still sees me as I'm okay. Yeah, so that's one of the issues. Usually with lupus patients, we don't look sick, but with bolus lupus, you do look like there's something wrong if you have these bumps and rashes. Well, the bumps and rashes actually went away. They they pop up here and there, but I have tons and tons of scars on my body, you know, because they did itch, they burned, you know, it, it was very painful. So I have these little white scars all over my body. And the dermatologist told me that she could give me something to help them go away, but it's, or to at least lighten them. But she said at this point, they're probably not going to get any lighter. 
So where do, where's your dermatologist out? Do you see someone in Cleveland? Where, where's, where did you um, find she, this She's actually in uh, New Horizon in Ravenna. Okay. She, she's Is very she, nice. Actually, right now, I'm not going to her anymore. She told me it was kind of pointless. And since I was okay right now, there's no reason for me to keep going every three to six months because she said that it'd be kind of wasting money you know, for her to see me, the co-payments and all that, she told me if I get another little spot to give her a call. Okay. So how did they diagnose this? Did they do a biopsy? Was it a visual they diagnosis? They did. Um, the first biopsy that they came across basically just said medication. Now, that's kind of hard when you're on so much medication to figure out which one you're, you know, is causing this well we couldn't figure it out we even went down to my vitamins to see if that's what was causing it we went through all the rigmarole you know everything like that so she ended up sending me over to i believe it was in bedford to another dermatologist and they did two more biopsies and that's when they found out i had the bolus lupus so i want you to tell our audience what what is a biopsy what does it entail what did you go through well, I will tell you this, I have red pigments in my hair, so therefore nothing numbs me. It's like when you're taking a simple Tylenol, that does nothing for me. I have a very high tolerance to pain medication. So what, <laughs> when they numbed me, I could still feel everything. I think I squeezed my husband's hand so hard that <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't break it. But I wouldn't watch what they were doing. I was scared. But I do know they um, sit there and scrape. And they actually indented me to take a sample of my skin. So that little bump that I had because they wanted to take a fresh bump, they would actually sit there and like scoop it out. To me, it's like an ice cream. Mm -hmm. it, it was very painful. And I have to so tell you. this on your arm? Where was it at? Where did they do this? Um, it was, one was on my knee and one was on my back. And that was the first time I've ever had stitches. Let me tell you. Oh, you had to have stitches for. So I haven't yes. had a biopsy. So I'm trying to figure that one out. Yeah, wow. yeah, to have stitches. So, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really impressed that you found a dermatologist who can identify it because you know through the years, through my journey, the challenge was finding a doctor who really understood lupus or discoid lupus. Um, so I'm right. really thrilled that you found a physician that was on top of it and knew what they were looking at that good for you. Good for you. Well, so it was they... actually them who told me to go to Bedford. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just glad Sorry. that we figured it out and I wasn't so swollen and I wasn't itchy and my skin wasn't burning. Mm -hmm. And what did it do to your hair? Anything? Um, now it's the bullous lupus did not affect my scalp at all which was really weird. I didn't have any bumps or anything on it, but the actual SLE, the lupus I can't pronounce, um, it, my hair was actually falling out. Right. I cannot dye my hair anymore. I can't put chemicals on my hair, nothing. So of course, as you've seen in pictures, I've had purple hair. Yes. yes um, I, I actually found a coloring that has no chemicals, nothing, and it washes right out. So kind of happy about that. But I do like in the front of my scalp, I am 
losing my hair and you know, what are you going to do? I I'm still here. I'm still alive and it's going to be okay. Yeah. So a lot of us have hair problems, including myself. I've been wearing my bangs forward. Usually I would wear them back, but my top and my crown have become so thin. And when I brush my hair, I always get a handful. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a history of cosmetology. So I used to be a beautician too. So I do know that certain things like you really need to watch the chemicals on your hair. Um, they yes. have come out with some solutions today that can help you. Um, ask your doctor first. Um, I, I think it's really it's an internal issue. Some of us have vitamin B12 deficiencies. I know many of us take biotin. Uh, some of us have upped our game in, in folic acids and in bees and natural vitamins uh, to try to help with our hair and our nails. And I think one of the other issues too is most of us have, don't just have lupus. We have other things that come along with it, uh, mm -hmm. like thyroid disease or Sjogren's disease or fibromyalgia, which all cause hair loss. And, you know, we didn't even talk about stress and anxiety, which oh. we just get the stress and the anxiety from having the disease and trying to manage it. But, you know, absolutely, because you don't look sick. Okay. I don't look sick. But when you said you had bolus lupus, had visions of you having lumps or visual things because people right. with uh, discoid lupus, especially people of color, they have pigmentation change. It, it looked like leprosy for many years. They thought it was leprosy. So um, the good news is with uh, discoid lupus, there is a new drug on the horizon. And I, I'm real excited to have lived this long to see the new drugs come to fruition because we've worked for so many years to get pharmaceuticals to get drugs approved through the FDA. So um, there's a manufacturer, I think it's called Horizon. They have one coming up and they're looking for people who want to be part of a study. So as soon as we get that information and approval from our medical board, I'm going to push it out because I think it's important for us to participate in these studies. Because if we don't, who's going to do it? You know, right. who, who, who's going to, no one else is going right. to do it. So, right. Yeah. But I did notice the purple hair and I wondered if you had a challenge with that. They do have some natural products now um, mm -hmm. um, that are better and that is, aren't as harsh on the hair. And I would tell you, the hair is one thing, the scalp is another. So um, when you put these hair dyes onto your hair, be careful how long you leave it on your scalp because your scalp, it's where the follicles breathe and break up. And when you brush your hair, you should hold it and brush down. All right. If you're just going to pull and brush, you're going to pull it. It's just you know, they do pull tests all the time and you're going to pull it out so, and don't brush it. Don't brush it as often as you would like. Um, just tips that I have learned through the years. And, you know, I've always had my crowning glory and now that it's thinning out and, you know, I'm sure I'm all gray by now too, but I, I do still color it, but I'm very careful as to what kind of products you use and check with your beauticians. They have all kinds of wonderful natural products that aren't as harsh, the color may not last as long, um, but at least you can still get your hair done. Absolutely. But to be honest with you, I'd rather have my silver hair. Oh, my whole head silver. I would love I'll, it. I'll bet I am as white as snow. <laughs> I bet I am. Well, I was very blessed. My grandmother had all silver hair, but oh, she would wow. dye it black. Yeah. So and I went to my mom. I'm like, how did I have this silver hair? I don't have gray hair. 
Oh. And she's like your grandmother. And I go, oh, okay. It. There you go. Well, thank you, Grandma. <laughs> well, some people sport it beautifully, and I'm awful envious of them. But I'm not going to. I don't think I can champion that. I also have an identical twin, twin, so she wouldn't be happy about that at all. You know, because um, we do kind of switch places every once in a while. Still, you know, it it is convenient for us. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd be nice. So SLE means systemic lupus erythematosus okay okay took me years to say it. i took speech <laughs> lessons until i was 20 because i had a problem with my s's and it was a i really championed it it took me a long time but sle or lupus you know when i ask people what type of lupus do you have uh they just say lupus you know i i think many don't understand that there's there's different types of lupus and the fact that you know you have discoid lupus and you know the difference and you have both. And not all the time do you have both. So who treats you? Who do you see? Or do you see a rheumatologist for your systemic lupus erythematosus? I do see a rheumatologist. Now I'm going to murder her name. I know I will. It's Dr. Oh. Amanda Lamopibus. She's yeah, she's in Hudson. Yeah. She's located in Hudson. She's very nice. She makes you understand. It's just I have a tendency of looking stuff up on the computer when I get my blood work before talking to her. And that is a no, no, don't do that. Cause I've called her office many times freaking out and she's like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know, it, it's nothing to worry about. So I've learned long time ago, do not look up stuff in the computer at all. <laughs> but we are I will so tell you, guilt we're guilty. We're all guilty. We are. We are. And uh, when I first was diagnosed, diagnosed, I had no idea what lupus was. I've never heard about lupus. No one talks about it. So I started doing some research and that's how I came across you guys. Um, my goal now is just to educate, get the word out. You know, it's, no one knows. It's not as big as all these other. No. What, what? I don't know the word I'm looking for. Organizations um, to mm -hmm. spread awareness. Right. And we all need to come together and get the word out. Right. So we, we need to do it. There is no I in lupus. There is the word us. Okay. So remember Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember that. So here's why this is. Here's, here's what's going on. <clears throat> when lupus came along. We came along way after breast cancer, heart disease, you know, all these diabetes, and they came up with this, this lupus. And it was considered an orphan disease for many years, right? And we never had that lead famous person to champion it, um, like a movie star. Uh, I also say, I wish we had a, um, you know, for a while they thought Michael Jackson had it. And I thought, wow, wouldn't he bring awareness to lupus? Or they thought, there's several stars they thought had it. And then they pull right. back. They pull back. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that spokesperson to bring the attention to it? We never had big, big stars like that. Um, Absolutely. We need a we need a, a bigger voice than ours. Does that make sense? We need, yeah, we, we need, need a somebody Michael, in the media. We need a Michael J. Fox is what we need. <laughs> we yeah, need. we yes, we need That's something. We need. 
But until then, we do the best we can. So we're considered a grassroots organization. That means people like you, myself, our family, our friends came together and said, we need to make a difference. What can we do? So we all rallied together and said, okay, we're going to have meetings. We're going to talk about lupus. We're going to create some information. We're going to make some um, education materials. We're going to gather. And that's how we started. So we still remain small. But even though we're small here in Ohio, we have one of the biggest chapters in the nation. Our little chapter, what we do, you would be really impressed with. I know I'm impressed with it. And people we speak to are impressed with us because we really move the needle um, in education. Awareness is huge. If if people don't know lupus, we, we're not going to have no lupus. So that was a campaign we used for two years. I absolutely love it. No lupus for no lupus. And we need to we need to keep pushing that out. The other campaign we did is could you have lupus? And we put a quiz with it. And we just did that last year on all of our billboards or and on our social networking. And I can't tell you the number of people that have taken that quiz out of curiosity. It, it's huge beyond what I ever thought it would be. So we do have people talking about it, but we have much more work to do. And with little resources, it's hard to do. Uh, this podcast is new. Um, our blog is new. Our website is new. I don't know if you saw the digital, you saw the digital magazine. You were in it. Weren't you in the digital yes. magazine? Yes. yes. You know, that goes out to quite a few people and you could spread it. You can share it. And, and that's exactly, yes. Yeah, we made it about real people, real people with lupus. And we talk about things that are going on. But our hope is that you share it, your family shares it, and then more people will get to know lupus. Absolutely, because if we don't tell our story, then no one knows. And the biggest thing I want to say, we are not alike. There is not one person who is alike that has lupus. But the one thing we do have in common, we can all be there for each other. It's true. That's true. So I call us uh, snowflakes. All these beautiful snowflakes and not one of them are alike. They're all different. All different. They're, they're all, everyone's different. So my lupus can be different than your lupus. So when we have support groups come in and they start sharing their stories and they're going, but I have this and I have that. And it all falls under the lupus umbrella. Know that I said this to you maybe in a year or two or more, they're going to start looking at lupus as a spectrum of diseases. Because not only do we just usually have lupus, we have its brothers and sisters. There's many other categories that fall under it. Many of mm -hmm. us have multiple challenges. So we don't walk around and say, I have Sjogren's, I have fibromyalgia, I have scoloderma, I, I have Raynard's, right. I have high blood, I have, it's a spectrum of diseases. And what they're trying to do is treat the symptoms for each of the problems. So, so yeah. we have new meds on the horizon. Uh, we had three new meds this year that came through. So excited for people with lupus nephritis. I had no clue that 50% of our constituents who have lupus have lupus kidney issues, which are huge, huge problems. When the kidneys Absolutely. don't function, you don't function. And usually they don't know they don't function until it's aggressive. So, you know, they have a new campaign out there and I think it's called pee in the cup or something like that. Cause usually <laughs> when we go to the doctors, we always have to pee in the cup. Make sure you right. do that. Make sure, yes, they I do. That yes. Make sure you do that. So you're going to see a campaign coming out for that. And there is, you know, there's two new drugs for um, 
lupus nephritis, kidney involvement, and we're real excited about that. Good. It took a long time to get it. And now, you know, coming up with the, um, there's Minority Health Month coming, um, there's advocacy coming. So we do advocacy here in the state of Ohio, and we do it nationally. So I would encourage you to any and anyone who's listening, if you're a patient, right now you can go to lupus.org or even to our website and look up the advocacy initiative. And you can actually be a part of change because coming up at the end of April, we're storming the hill. We're going, we're going to Washington. You can go in person, which is expensive, or you can do it virtually. And you can give your story to your legislators because they're the ones who are going to move the needle for the money for NIH, CDC, for all the big possibilities for research. We need them to give us the money to find the cause and the care. What we do here is so small compared to what what they're calling is we're depending on our national organization to find the cause and the cure and we support them you know we speak with one voice but our little chapter doesn't have the ability to do it but we do have the people who can contact their legislators to make that happen so if you think you want to do something it's a it's a simple task you can do it from your living room you can sit online and they'll hook you up with your legislator and you can give your story and why you think they should support the research um, that we need to get done. So that's coming up at the end of April. Nice. Yeah. So what else would you like to tell your fellow Lupians out there? What did you learn that you didn't know? Never give up. There you, go. you may think the whole world is against you. And you may feel like you just want to crawl in a hole and die but never ever get up or give up. Not only do I fight the two different kinds of lupus, I have Hashimoto's, fibromyalgia, you know, anxiety, depression. People, yes, you may lose a few people. I'm not gonna lie, I've lost a few friends, but your friends and your family that stick by your side, those are the people who care about you but never give up that that's really, that's the truth. And I'm going to tell you, don't be stubborn like me. Do not, I am a very stubborn person. It's okay to ask for help. And yes, I am still learning that, but I am getting better. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, you it's a, hard. It's hard. You, you hit a, a very important point though, that I like to talk about. And it's like, we do lose friends. We do yeah. lose many of our, our constituents share that, that once they're diagnosed, they lost friends. And it's like, why would that happen? Um, and the reality is, is I think your friends are afraid to talk to you about it because they don't know what it is. And so right. they just, they just, they don't know what it is. And they're afraid to misstep. So they just walk away, which is even more hurtful. I know that many people in my support group said, well, you know, after I do manage the strength to go to work, then they want to go out at nighttime and I can't go to the bar anymore and drink and hang out with them. Mm -hmm. Or I can't go to the beach or be in the sun or, or I don't have enough energy or I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. And if I right. commit, and then I bounce out. And so I think, I think our friends need to know that we're still here. 
okay, we have some challenges and I'm happy to explain them to them, but I don't think they should walk away from us because I think they just don't know what to do with this. I don't, they, they don't know what it is. Right. They yeah. don't understand. And, you know, my experience was that I was too much of a downer. Well, I'm sorry, but I just found out, you know, I was just talking to my friend to help me get through this, you know, mm -hmm. and to process it and for them just to walk away and stop. Yeah. But I will tell you about almost a year later, that person came back into my life, but we are not as close as we used to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, that really hurt. You know, I don't have resentment or anything like that, but I just, it's hard. It's hard when people don't understand that you can't go party all day. You know, you just can't, just because I look fine on the outside, I'm not okay on the inside. Sure. You know, one of the other things I learned from two members of my group is they were pretty, they were pretty cordial for a long time and they kind of separated and, and I thought, gee, what happened here? Cause they're about right. the same age. It's like, what happened there? And it's, it was exactly that. All the one did was complain. All she did was complain. And what I realized is she complained to her friend cause she didn't have anybody else who would listen to her. She didn't have anybody else who cared. And she would just unload because she had a need to unload. Right. And, and the other one said, I have my own problems and I don't do that to other people. So other people shouldn't do that to me, but that goes to the fact that we're all different. And there Absolutely. is a place, there is a, you know, I encourage people all the time. Our families aren't the best ones to unload to. All right. And especially husbands. And I'll tell you why. And as soon as God gives me a minute and the staff has time, they're going to help me. We're going to do a caregiver's project. All right. Because I'm guilty of this. I'll work all day and God bless my husband. He holds me up and does a lot of things for me and allows me to, to work. Because when I come home, I'm ruined. You know, my hands are swelling up as we speak. But then if I don't, then it starts, pain starts in my neck. It starts in my back. It starts in my hand. And we're trying to watch TV and my legs are going up and down. And all I'm doing is complaining. And he loves me. He doesn't want to see me in pain. He doesn't want to see me suffer. I'm my own worst enemy because if I would just take a couple of breaks and I keep throwing all this at him. You know, I see mm -hmm. us support groups. I see that if spouses come in, we throw it at our spouses because they're the ones who listen. They're the ones who love us. But honestly, they don't know what to do with it. They really don't know what to do. They're taking it, but I'm worried about those that love us. Right. Because I think we're giving them more. We're giving it to them, expecting them to do something with them. They don't know what to do with it. So now we're frustrated. They're frustrated. And the divorce rate is 50%. Um, and, and I just wonder, yes, we do complain because... It hurts. We're miserable. We, we, you know, there's that old saying, misery loves company. That's why support groups work. All right. Because at least you can share with each other and you're empathetic with each other. And I think that's the place where you should probably have those unloads and try to minimize those. Because even though Bill is wonderful and your husband is wonderful, 
I feel like I'm beating him up sometimes because I'm taking my baggage and I'm giving it to him. You know, oh, right. Uh, Absolutely. Cart, I'm pulling it. And then I go home and I start unloading. It's like, okay, I'm done. I can't, right. I can't, I heard I can't. And I'm giving it to him. And it's like, well, what the heck is he supposed to do with it now? So Absolutely. I, I caution our listeners to that because some of us do have support and we need to be careful and cognizant of, we may need to give them a break once in a while. You know? Well, I always tell my husband always, I feel like such a burden. I really feel like a burden to him. And then I start crying. He just, he tells me that I, I wish I could take all your pain away, no. you know, right. and I do. I, I don't like to depend on people. I really don't, but it's well, something that I have spouses, to learn. But our spouses, you know, what is it? He, he's my strength. He's your strength. Yeah. But, but I, I have to learn to back off every once in a while. And even some of the people that I see here, it's like, oh, boy, I need to do an interception here. <laughs> okay, the load's getting big. <laughs> we want to share the load, but sometimes we just, we got to watch who we give it to. And I think right. that's what happens with our friends. They care about us. They want to have fun with us. They don't know how to help us. Instead of them learning about it, they just shy away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the next time you have a friend, you know, we got that great magazine. I'd be leaving that out. I'd be laying in it. I'd be copying it to all my friends and saying, this is what lupus is, you know, and there's some good stories. There's some, you know, your story, you know, it's, it's not a doom and gloom story. You survived. Right. You're surviving. I'm surviving. Do we have a shadow in the room? You <laughs> see a shadow in your room. It's um, my husband is going to pick up our daughter and he has the grandbaby because he's feeling under the weather. Oh, yeah. So he's trying to keep him calm. Well, we thank him for his cooperation this afternoon. How's that? And yes, you came was, to the walk. You came to the walk. You were a big participant. I did. We raised yeah. over two thousand dollars, and I have yeah. a couple of fundraiser ideas that I'm very excited about and I kind of want to exceed my goal from last year. Well, I'm good ready. For you. Good for you. Yeah. You had a crew. You did, you know, you know, that's the other thing. The walk. Yes, we raise money and we need the money. People don't give the lupus. It's very seldom. It's very difficult to raise money for lupus. So we go to um, our fellow lupians to see if they can do peer-to-peer -peer fundraising um, it's a challenge to get corporate dollars. We have been lucky, blessed actually with some pharmas lately because they had drugs approved. And the fact that we were able to get a line item in our state budget, we're the only state who did that. Okay. And we took a bus of lupus people to our state capitol in purple one day. And we went to visit all of our legislators. And we're getting ready to, Adrian and I are getting ready to hit the road on Thursday to start going to our legislators again. So you, you do make a difference and, um, you know, your impact's important. Your impact's important. We're very Everybody's is. I mean, if I, like I said earlier, if I could just spread the word and impact one person, that one person could tell another person and impact them and just keep it going, you know, and we could change the world the views on lupus and what we go through it's a very touchy subject to me. Like I said, before I was diagnosed, I had no clue. You know, I, I didn't know what it was. I was researching everything and anything. 
you know, and another thing, like on the web, you don't know what's true and what's not true, you know? So I went to a reliable source. I went to you guys and I have to say without you guys and my family and some friends, I would probably be here today. I mean, I, in the beginning, it was a real struggle. It it really was, but you know, I I got help. You know, I got to say good for you because you just, your statement that you just made, I didn't tell her to say this, but she said it. No, no, she didn't. I didn't tell her to say this, but Mr. Google is not your friend. Okay. It's not. He's not your friend. It's really not. You need to watch where you go on the internet and you need to know what is the validated source. All right. You can go on the website and there'll be all kinds of stuff about lupus, but the Lupus Foundation of America is the nation's leading source for the latest and most accurate information there is about lupus. And if you're going to start wander off in these other places all over the place, especially when you get your medical um, lab test and you're going to try to interpret it, right. no, you are yeah. not a doctor. You cannot yeah. interpret that blood test and you're going to go read it here. I mean, I can't tell you. Every six months, I go to my rheumatologist, and I just went, and my blood work came back, and it's a mess. It's a mess. And I'm thinking, is she going to call me? Is she going to call me? Right, right. I got a a call from her today from her assistant and said, you know, your blood works okay. Don't read it. Don't worry about it. You're under control. And I'm thinking, "Uh uh-uh, that's not what it said. Right. can't interpret that. Right. <laughs> I absolutely know what you're talking about. It, it's it's very feel like I was sitting next to my phone constantly when I was waiting for my blood work. And then what I would do is the three months before that, I would compare my blood work from three months ago to this to see where my numbers were. And I had to write all down. I did the same thing. I wrote it all down. And I like, I told my husband, I'm like, oh no, this went down. This is in the red. This is that. This is. And he's like, calm down. I'm like, I, I was freaking out. And again, she told me, stop. stop. So I, I stay away from my phone. I shut off my notifications for that. I don't even go look. You know, the only one I'm really concerned is my white and my red blood cells, you know, and if my kidneys and liver is good, that's, that's really all I want to know, you know, but it is, it's like your heart sinks to your stomach. It's scary. So many of us use my chart or UH has a my chart. Most most of these places have these charts. And when you see that little explanation thing, or if it's in red, it's like, (gasps) exactly. And then you're like, what is that? So you're Googling what it is and what's this. Just stop. Oh my God. It's not worth it. If you're concerned, just call the rheumatologist office, you know, wherever you go. And I'm sure they'll tell you it's okay. Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't hear from them, you're good. If you hear from them and they tell you to go in or come back in, you got a problem. Yeah. You know, so, so, so I, I've learned. I've bet ba- it took me a while, but I have learned. <laughs> Yeah. And then some of them I won't open because I'm afraid of, you know, the next link to the next link. I'm thinking, okay, this, right. is, getting, this is getting deep. And now I'm getting anxiety. I have chest pains. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick and all worked up. Your heart's beating. Oh. You get sweaty palms. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not. it. it's not worth it. You know, with us having lupus, we should not drink, you know, 
So we have to be careful with that. As my doctor would tell me, one equals three and make sure she doesn't black out. That's what they tell my husband. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you can't even have a drink to calm your nerves before you see your test results, you know? <laughs> oh, God. I, you know, uh, it's fun to share with you because I can absolutely understand what you what you're going through because it, it, it happened to me. It just happened to me this week. It was like, oh, my God, everything's red. It's a mess. I'm going to die. Yeah. It's like, Suzanne, you've been dying for, for 30 years already. When I was 27, they told me I was going to die. I didn't just stop in order. And I sat there and waited and waited and waited. And, you know, that's a whole other story. My testimony is another story from another time. But I think I'm going to be 71. 71. I don't know. My twin lies so much. I'm not sure how old we are anymore. You know, we're up there. <laughs> there. Well, you don't look like it, but I will say you are my birthday buddy. We share the same day. Oh my God, you're about balance. You're about balance. Yes. I share my birthday with so many people. It's like, what happened that month? It must have been a wintry time or something. Um, so I have four siblings. We all have the same birthday. Okay, of course, two of us are twins. And actually, the CEO, uh, she just retired her birthday. Uh, we shared the same birthday. So a lot of October birthdays. Um, we're supposed to be about balance. I'd have to ask my staff that question. I don't think they would agree with that one. Um, yeah, I'm. But, I have none. Zero. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, so we're gonna we're trying to plan the walk. So as soon as yes. we find a venue, which is a challenge, every year it's a challenge. They keep raising the price of the venues, and it's like, guys, we're nonprofit. So. Uh, right. Last year was the first year we did it downtown like that. It was cute, but it, usually we can do a better job. Okay. Well, so it was so nice. The Hoffer House, that was the first time that I was there. Me too. Me and too. I absolutely loved it. Oh, uh, right. My plan was only to do like a mile. Okay. My cousin, Craig, who um, was actually, I made him be the, the captain and fill out yes, everything for yes, me. Yes, I met him, yes, yes. Yes, that is my cousin who I, he is like a brother to me. He really is. Um, He's like, come on, I would really like for you to do too. And between him, my husband, my girlfriend, Melanie, and uh, Craig's fiance, Erica, we just, they pushed me and they, you know, they were there and they're right beside me every step of the way. Yeah. Well, it, it was it great. Was great. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was a sprinkle. And I had not been downtown for for COVID in years, you know, to see the chandelier and, and walk past, past the playhouse and everything. Uh, I know we went back in and ate at the Hopra house. Mm -hmm. Um it was, it was great seeing, you know, we had over 300 people show up and we didn't know if anybody would come. So it it we, was really nice. That was the first time I did the walk. Oh, well, we've done yes. much bigger. We've, we've had much bigger. And uh, look, I'm just grateful those who did come out. And a very small number of captains raised a lot of money. They, they did a great job and we needed it. You know, it was, it was a rough year. So I look forward to you being the team captain next, next year because you kind of confused me. When I reached what? out to him, because I thought he had lupus, that's why I remember you. No, that's no. He was uh, doing everything for me because I am oh. not. Computers and me don't get along sometimes. Okay, I understand that. So I had him do it, but he did pick our team name. That was all him. Okay, and share your name. It was just a little loopy. 
<laughs> and I'm sure we're going to be doing that this year as well because it just fits all of us. Yeah. But um, yes, I, I had him and he's just, he's been a rock in my support through all this, you know, things that I couldn't tell my husband because I was scared. He was there, listened to me, supported me and said, you need to tell him, you know, I, I had some recent news that I will share to you with you because uh, my family knows now and my husband knows. Um, my rheumatologist told me I have six months before I'm in a wheelchair. What's my legs have gotten really weak. Um, while I went to go see my primary care physician, he told me not six weeks, try probably about a month. What's going on with your legs? Um, they're burning. They're hurting. I have to grab a hold of everything. I'm in tears half the time. Um, I need help with different things. You know, my daughter, my husband cleans the house. It, it's very hard. Um, I try to do exercises and I just cry because it hurts so much. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing is, I am on three different medications right now that put so much weight on me that they told me exercise is pointless at this time moment. It's not going to do anything. I'm already down to a 1200 calorie diet. You know, there's like nothing I can do to lose weight. And they said, it's the pills that I'm on. There's nothing. So I have it in me that I will not be in a wheelchair. I will fight that also. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give up. Yeah. I will die before I give up. So I, I just want to share with you. So when I was, when I became sick in my journey, I was only nine and I couldn't walk. Yeah. I couldn't walk. Okay. And they, I remember them picking me up and carrying me places. I missed a whole year of school. I, I couldn't walk. And um, then I had another episode. I was in a wheelchair for a while in a nursing home for a while. Um, these are peaks and valleys of flares. Um, there's something other that may be going on. There's other things like myosemia gravis. Um, I'm wondering if they're looking at that as well. Um, I know very few people who can't move be because of lupus, unless the steroids have just sucked the life out of their bones, uh, because long-term steroids, um, as much as we like being on steroids, they make us feel better. Um, the effect it has on our bones it could be devastating, mm -hmm. but there's so many new biologic drugs that are out there. And I, I don't know what you're on, but I wouldn't give up. Okay. And I think that again, you're on a journey with peaks and valleys. And, you know, if I said that, I, I never thought I'd live to be this age. I certainly never thought I'd be doing this. Um, God has a plan. Yes. God has a he plan does. and he puts it in front of you and you're just going to champion whatever he gives you, but don't stop looking for that doctor who can help. Um, I didn't, I, I was accused of doctor hopping, going here, going there. Um, but you know, sooner or later you find someone who has a formula that's going to give you a better quality of life. He, they may not cure you. Okay. But the treatment right. plan can give you a better quality of life. So that's my wish for you. Um, keep searching. Modern medicine is moving very faster than I ever thought with lupus right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would, I would look 
see what other types of medications are out there. I'm not sure what's going on with the legs. I know that, you know, your tissues can be involved and some of our medications are problems, but it could be a sister disease like myosemia gravis because um, I know many lupus patients who have gotten that. Um, so I don't want you living there in fear of this. Okay, no. you're going you're gonna to champion this or maybe it's a setback, but you got to fight in you. You, you gotta, oh, yeah. You got to fight. You know, um, and, and that's what we do. And we do it together. But keep searching um, to get answers. From, stay with the rheumatologist and have them keep searching. And, you know, join the advocacy initiatives. Tell them you want a cause or a cure so we can have a better handle on this. And uh, I expect to see you at many walks. I may be in the wheelchair by them because I'm getting so old. But oh, I'll stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so our time is up. And I simply thrilled. I love talking to my fellow Lupians. It's actually one of the best parts of my day. And I want to thank you for um, joining me this evening. And to our audience, again, for information about how to best treat your lupus. I want you to have that conversation with your doctor and know that this is a casual sharing conversation that we're having. And if you'd like to share your story and your journey and your ups and your downs, feel free to contact the Lupus Foundation at 1-888-NO-LUPUS or visit us online at www.lupusgreaterohio.org. Until then, I will see you at the walk or I'll see you yeah. at the Capitol Hill. But one thing's for sure, we're going to do this together because there is no I in the word lupus, but there is an us. You take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Remember, there is no I in lupus, but there is an us. Until next time, this has been my Lupus Living Room with the Lupus Foundation of America's Great Ohio Chapter. For more information and resources to help you in your lupus journey, please visit lupusgreatoohio.org or call 1-888-NO-LUPUS. The funding for my Lupus Living Room is an earmark from the state of Ohio and managed by the Ohio Department of Health. Your physician is the best person to help you in the treatment of lupus. The information you learned here today can be discussed with your doctor as your physician knows your medical history best. Please do not make any medical changes without consulting your physician first. As with any treatment, stay educated and get information from, from trusted sources.